Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Coffee Break Italian Season 3, Episode 1. Buongiorno a tutti e benvenuti, bentornati a Coffee Break Italian. Io sono Mark. Salve a tutti, io sono Francesca. Come stai Francesca? Mark, sto benissimo, sono così felice oggi di essere finalmente tornata con voi. Anch'io molto contento di essere qua nello studio ancora una volta per registrare un episodio di Coffee Break Italian. And this is season 3. We are delighted to be back with season 3 because we're taking things a little further this time. Non è vero Francesca? Sì, è vero, Mark. Finalmente abbiamo l'opportunità di esplorare quella grammatica un pochino più complessa, diciamo. Un pochino più complessa. A little bit more complex, because that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to take the, what we've learned in seasons one and two and take it a little further and help you, our listeners, to sound more Italian, basically. That's the, the, the main purpose of of what we're doing. Now, Francesca, can you explain how we're going to structure our episodes of season three? Certo, Mark. So in each episode, we will be covering a different grammar point, a new grammar point, and including, obviously, new vocabulary and idiomatic expressions as well. And after explaining the grammar point, we will see the grammar in practice with a, with a dialogue, with a real conversation in Italian. And you'll be listening to quite a number of different Italian voices for our dialogues. We've got some guests to join us in the in the studio and you'll be hearing different accents from different parts of Italy. And uh, that way you'll be getting more used to hearing more Italian. Allora, Francesca, sei pronta? Sì, Mark, bando alle ciance, dai! Bando alle ciance? Sì, bando alle ciance è una bella espressione italiana, significa um, enough talk or let's cut the talks. Ah, ok. So what, what are le ciance? Uh, le ciance uh, is a word uh, I think mainly used in, uh, in Tuscany and it's kind of uh, useless chit-chatting. <laughs> so there is this uh, idiomatic expression, bando alle ciance. Okay, so let's get started then. Bando alle ciance. Sì, diamo inizio alle danze. Let's begin the dancing. Here goes. 
Allora, Francesca, qual è il primo tema grammaticale della stagione 3? Sì, Marche, il primo tema è, diciamo, qualcosa di relativamente facile, qualcosa di cui abbiamo già parlato nella stagione precedente, eh, Coffee Break Italian Season 2, e un po' anche nel magazine. È vero, in passato abbiamo usato strutture grammaticali un po' complesse che forse non abbiamo approfondito per non complicare le idee. Adesso però... Non ci sono più scuse, there are no more excuses, e sì. avremo l'opportunità di scoprire tutti i segreti della grammatica italiana. O quasi. <ride> sì, non ci saranno più segreti, Mark. Allora, Francesca, di cosa parliamo oggi? Ok, Mark, oggi parliamo dei pronomi diretti. Direct object pronouns. Now, Don't worry when you hear words like these. We're going to be using quite a number of grammatical terms in uh, uh, Coffee Break Italian Season 3 because ultimately at this stage we do need to get into this grammar. We do need to get a little deeper into the grammar in order to be able to understand and then reuse this language. Sometimes when we're looking at grammatical terms, they might seem a little bit scary, <laughs> but behind them there are always easily graspable grammar concepts. It's good, however, to have the labels so that we know what we are talking about. Francesca, will we explain a little about the direct object pronoun? Okay, Mark, let's try and uh, uh, keep it simple. So, first of all, what is a pronoun? Okay, <laughs> so a pronoun is something that's, in a sense, standing for a noun. It replaces a noun. And very often we've already mentioned that noun. Esatto, sì. And you also have pronouns in English, so it's not something that relates to, to Italian uh, only. But let's focus on the idea of a direct object. So we said we are going to talk about direct object pronouns, but what is a direct object? Well, the direct object is the thing or the person that comes directly after the verb. Now, in this case, we call our verbs transitive verbs. Sì. So a transitive, verbs, a transitive verb is where we've got a direct object straight after it. I'm thinking, for example, um, I read a book. Esatto. Leggo un libro. A book or un libro there is the direct object. Uh, so there's no preposition between the verb and the grammatical object in, in that sense. Leggo un libro. I read a book. Esatto. And the object obviously can also be a person, so it's not just an object as such, but we can also say uh, io incontro Giovanni and Giovanni is our grammatical object, yeah. but obviously Giovanni is a person and not yeah. We're not an being, object. being rude about Giovanni and calling him an object. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about direct object pronouns then? So, yes, once we have identified the, the object of our uh, sentence, for example, I read a book, if we keep talking about that book, il libro, we can avoid the repetition of that word by using a pronoun, that is, a pronoun, that is, a word which replaces it to avoid a boring repetition. Exactly. So if we were to say, um, I read a book, the book is interesting. I bought the book at the shop and the book has been uh, the best book I have ever read. <laughs> we get a bit bored with seeing the book all the time. So it's better to be able to say it in English to replace the book 
each time we mention it afterwards. Esatto. And in Italian, there are obviously other words. In this case, it would be uh, lo. Io lo leggo. I read it. And we need to learn a set of new uh, direct object pronouns to replace all the possible direct objects we have in Italian, uh, which are obviously characterized by gender and uh, number, as it is always the case uh, in Italian. And the good thing is that these are pretty much what you would expect in many cases, because you're familiar with certain patterns that we've already encountered in, in Italian. So let's think about, we, we've mentioned the book there, Il Libro, would be replaced by lo, lo leggo. And note that it comes before the verb, but we'll talk a little more about that later. So what if we were talking about, um, I don't know, the house, la casa? In that case, it would be la for example, compro la casa, la compro oggi. Okay, so I'm buying the house, I'm buying it today, la compro oggi. Perfetto. Okay, what if we were talking about more than one book? So the books, i libri, would become? Li. So give us an example. Compro i libri, li compro in libreria. So uh, I'm buying the books, I'm buying them in the bookshop, in libreria. Esatto, Mark. And perhaps if you've got lots of money and you were buying the houses, <laughs> then what would be the object pronoun that we need there? Then we would use le. Compro le case, le compro oggi. Okay, so we've got lo, la, li and le for the masculine singular, the feminine singular, the masculine plural and the feminine plural. Tutto bene. Tutto bene. And we should also add then that lo and la are not just the translation for it, masculine and feminine, but they also work as him and her in English. Okay. All good so far. Hopefully everyone is following this. Can we look at a few examples, please? Okay. Ad esempio, uh, Mark, if I'm asking you, conosci Alberto? Sì, lo conosco. So, I know him. Do you know Alberto? Si, lo conosco. Lo is replacing Alberto. I could say, si, conosco Alberto, but it's a little bit repetitive to repeat Alberto again. Perfetto, esatto. And if I'm asking you, Mark, compri la pasta? Uh, no, non la compro. Una risposta negativa, negative answer. What are we doing in this case, then? Well, we're using the la... Still, it comes before the, the, the verb. La replaces la pasta, but we're also adding in non before. So, no, that first means no, and then non la compro, I am not buying it. And it's very important to recognize this fixed structure where we have non, the direct object pronoun, and the verb. So this is an important uh, word order that we have to recognize and uh, implement when we are using direct object pronouns. So, for example, I could say, if you had asked me, conosci Alberto, I could have said, no, non lo conosco, I don't know him. Giusto. What about this example? Francesca, guardi i film francesi? Sì, li guardo qualche volta. Okay, so, uh, yes, I watch them sometimes, from time to time. Li guardo qualche volta. Li referring to i film francesi. Perfetto. 
And if you never watched the films? No, non li guardo mai. So we've got non li guardo mai. Uh, not them I watch ever, literally. I never watch them. Let's do one more example with le. Okay, uh, Mark, bevi le bibite gassate? Uh, sì, le bevo in estate. And give me a negative answer as well. Okay, uh, no, non le bevo quasi mai. Bravissimo, no, non le bevo quasi mai, perfetto. In each case, we've got that le coming before the verb. Now, one thing, Francesca, there's something different that happens to lo and la when they come before a vowel. With lo and la, when they're followed by uh, a vowel, we have the option to drop uh, o in uh, lo and a in uh, la to make the sound flow better in a way to avoid the clash of two vowels. So, for example, if I say eh, ami il cane, I could say si l'amo molto. Esatto. So we could say si lo amo molto, but to avoid uh, a vowel clash between lo and a in amo, the verb, we can drop the o and just say l'amo with the apostrophe and run the two words together, l'amo, which sounds like one bigger word phonetically. Indeed. And I think it's so often the case that when we are thinking about things in Italian, so much is done to make it sound as beautiful as it sounds. Um, so we, <laughs> we, <are> we, just, <laughs> we can run things together like that. That all makes sense. So, Francesca, we've spoken about him and her and it, direct object pronouns. What about the direct object pronouns for me and you and us and, and so on? Of course, we shouldn't forget about the other persons. It's important. So the Italian for me is also me, but it's spelled differently. <laughs> yeah, so me is me in Italian. <laughs> However, um, we're looking at me in English, M-E, and then in Italian we're looking at M-I, as we would expect. Exactly. So what's your spelling if you're writing this uh, you, singular, so for one person, informal, is a T. T. Then we have uh, us, chi. Chi. And the you plural, the you all, which is uh, V. V. Okay, now it's important to point out that what we're focusing on here are direct object pronouns. That's when we translate the me and the you and the him and the her and so on in English into Italian. And uh, there are different words for what we call indirect object pronouns, and we'll, we'll come to those in a future lesson. But for now, we're focusing really on these direct object pronouns. And I think what would help here are some examples. See, again, I'll ask you some questions, Mark, and I would like you to uh, answer the questions using a direct object pronoun in Italian. Va bene. Okay. Allora, um, if I'm asking you, Mark, mi inviti alla tua festa? Certo, Francesca, ti invito con piacere. <laughs> Grazie. So, ti invito con piacere. So, Francesca has asked me, mi inviti alla tua festa. Are you inviting me to your party? And I said, ti invito con piacere. I am inviting you with pleasure. And if I'm asking you, Mark, Mark, tua madre ti chiama spesso? 
sì, mi chiama ogni sera. So she calls me every evening. Tua madre Very ti... Italian. <laughs> tua madre ti chiama spesso. Uh, does your mother call you often? Sì, mi chiama ogni sera. Ciao signora Gloria. Ciao signora Gloria. <laughs> e poi Mark, un'altra domanda. And imagine I'm asking you this question on behalf of myself, but also uh, other people as well. Okay. And uh, I'm asking you, Mark, ci porti al cinema? Right. So there, that ci. Be careful with ci because it can mean a number of things. And we've seen ci before in, in other situations. Um, but here we're talking about it as us. Ci porti al cinema? Can you take us or will you take us or are you taking us to the cinema? Sì. Ci porti al cinema? So I can re re respond, uh, sì, vi porto con piacere. I, I will happily take you all to the cinema. Uh -huh. And this is important because we are seeing that the, the English you can be translated in different ways and we have to recognize from the context, the situation, if it is a you singular or a you plural, as it is the case here. So we need to use a V meaning uh, you all. Yep. Okay, one more question, Mark. Dimmi. Mark, gli ascoltatori ci seguono con interesse? <laughs> Certo, secondo me gli ascoltatori ci seguono con grande interesse. Speriamo. <laughs> so, are our listeners following us with interest? And I'm saying, according to me, secondo me, gli ascoltatori ci seguono con grande interesse. They're following us with great interest. Okay, now this is a lot of information so far. And there are a couple of other things that we do need to mention before we get on to our conversation. But we're going to break here and we'll be back in just a moment with those additional pieces of information and then our conversation. So, a fra poco! In addition to the podcast version of Coffee Break Italian Season 3, we are also putting together a full course on the Coffee Break Academy, where you'll be able to access bonus materials to help you make even better progress with your Italian. That's right. Not only will you be able to enjoy an ad-free audio version of each lesson, we'll also provide a bonus episode in which we'll go through every detail of the dialogues and a third episode for each lesson in which Francesca will be testing us with some translation challenges based on the lesson topic. Of course, there are comprehensive notes and a video version of each lesson too. Visit coffeebreakitalian.com and follow the links for season three there. 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. Today, we're talking about direct object pronouns. Francesca, we've so far spoken about me, you, him, her, it, us, uh, you all, si. and uh, them. See, si. But there's one bit that's missing. What about the formal side of things? Oh, that's a good question, Mark. Uh, the formal, as it is uh, always the case in Italian, is, let's say, borrowed from uh, the third person singular feminine. So in this case, we have to think of the word we are using uh, in the feminine singular for direct object pronouns, and we can use it also for the formal. So the word is la, as in uh, uh, compri la casa, si la compro oggi, or vedi Maria, si la vedo più tardi. And we're using the same la, but with a different function in, uh, uh, in the formal uh, way of speaking when using direct object pronouns. Okay, so it's similar to what we do with lei. If we're talking about you in a formal way, we would just say lei, lei, cosa vuole? What would you like in, in that formal way? And something else happens with that lei when we're using it formally. Very often we make it a capital L. We put a capital L in there. Do we do the same with la? Yes, it's it's not compulsory, but especially for uh, learning purposes, it's good to see the capital L so you can immediately tell it's the formal direct object pronoun and uh, uh, not the feminine. Okay, give us some examples, Francesca. Uh, yes, uh, for example, uh, if I'm uh, talking to uh, Professoressa Rossi on mm -hmm. the phone, uh, I can tell her, Professoressa Rossi, la richiamo domani. Okay, so la richiamo domani. I will call you tomorrow. I Literally, this is a uh, present tense, so I am calling you tomorrow. But the la there, if we were seeing this written down, then the la would have a capital L. La richiamo domani. Okay, 
what about another example? Yes, the important thing is that we're using the same uh, direct object pronoun if we are addressing a man in a formal way. So don't don't get confused. I know it probably sounds a little bit odd, but it's the same uh, thing that we do when we're using lay to address uh, a man. So if I'm talking to Signor Ubaldi, for example, okay. a man, uh, I can tell Signor Ubaldi, Signor Ubaldi, la aspetto agli arrivi. Right. So Signor Ubaldi, la aspetto agli arrivi. I am waiting for you in arrivals. Um, imagine you're picking Signor Ubaldi up si. at the airport and you can see la Capital L then again in, in a written form, la aspetto agli arrivi. Right, so we've got la for you, formal, but we've also got ti for you, singular, informal, and we've got vi for you, plural, informal. It's quite tricky to remember which one to use. Si, esatto, Mark, because in English you only have a you, which includes these three possible uh, persons. So it's really, really important that you understand the context, the scenario really well in order to choose the best option uh, to translate uh, uh, the English you into Italian. Perfetto. So just be very careful. We've got, um, for example, if, if you're picking me up at the airport, what would you say? I would say, Mark, ti aspetto agli arrivi. Okay. And if I was coming to Italy to, to visit you and la signora Gloria was coming too, what would you say? Oh, that would be so lovely. <laughs> I would say, Mark, vi aspetto agli arrivi. So the plural informal version. And of course, if it's the famous signor Ubaldi, then we would say la aspetto agli arrivi. Esatto. Uh, formal version. Okay, there's one final thing I think we need to, to think about, and that is the whole idea of where this direct object pronoun goes. We've said already that it goes in front of a verb. However, there's another scenario, Francesca, isn't there? Yes, we have uh, an alternative uh, at times uh, when we are using uh, modal verbs. Uh, so mm -hmm. verbs like uh, uh, volere, dovere and uh, potere. Okay, let's look at some examples to see what exactly happens here. Okay, these verbs, uh, as uh, our listeners probably uh, know, are always followed by an infinitive. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and in this case, we have the option of using the direct object pronoun either before the verb or at the very end, attached to the infinitive. And I'll give you an example, as always, uh, to, to clarify things. So um, if I'm asking you, Mark, vuoi comprare i pantaloni? I could say, sì, li voglio comprare. Esatto. So, them I want to buy. Or I've got another possibility. What sì. would that possibility be, Francesca? The other option is voglio comprarli. So dropping the final E or English E of the infinitive comprare 
and attaching the direct object pronoun to the infinitive, forming one sole uh, word, comprarli in this yep. case. So voglio comprarli, and the li is stuck to the end of the infinitive, replacing that final e. Um, and one thing to mention is if you, for example, wanted to see Signor Ubaldi, um, and you could say voglio vederla, to him, I want to see you, then that capital L stays there in the middle of the word, vederla. Si. <laughs> Again, like it's one. not compulsory, but you can find it uh, quite often. So it's not a typo if you've seen a, a capital L in the middle of a word or at the end of an infinitive, at least, um, with la at the end. Now, That's right. There's one thing that comes to mind here, Francesca, and that is if any of our listeners have also learned French. I know that not everyone would be in this situation, but some of you may have learned French and there is a difference here, isn't there? See, I have noticed over the years that if students already speak French, they tend to follow the French structure uh, for direct object pronouns, which means placing the direct object pronoun between the modal verb and the infinitive, which is unfortunately not possible in Italian. So we're not even going to say the words in Italian no. because that will confuse <laughs> you. So, But if, if you are a French learner, then just be aware that there is a difference with French and Italian here. Okay. Right, so if the infinitive isn't triggered by a modal verb, then what happens? Yes, if you still find an infinitive and you have a, a direct object pronoun, so you can still stick the direct object pronoun to the end and form, again, as I said, the one sole word with the infinitive. For example, if I'm to say, uh, Mark, leggi i giornali italiani? And you want to answer this question by using, for example, um, the verb uh, mi piace. Mm -hmm. And you want to say, I like to read them in Italy. Yep. What would you say? In that case, I would say, si, mi piace leggerli in Italia. Uh -huh. So leggerli. Bravissimo. The li is sticking on to the end of leggere. Um, but we can't say, we can't put it anywhere else. Again, I don't want to say the wrong versions, um, <laughs> but we can't put it anywhere else in that sentence. Esatto. What if I said to you, Francesca, um, perché non metti il tuo orologio nuovo? Okay, so you want me to use an infinitive, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, in my answer. Let me think. I could say, uh, perché ho paura di perderlo. Right. So why are you not wearing your new watch? And you've said, because I'm scared to lose it. I'm scared that I lose it. Ho paura di perderlo. So perdere, to lose, and lo, referring to the thing we've already mentioned, il tuo, tuo orologio, and it sticks on to the end of the infinitive. Esatto. Well, this is pretty much everything you need to know about direct object pronouns. Wouldn't you agree? See, 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 it's quite a lot to take in for episode one. <laughs> what we're going to do now is have a little dialogue in which you're going to hear lots of examples of these direct object pronouns. Now, this is a dialogue between uh, a student of Italian called John. Si. Um, and John is in Siena for a, a summer course and uh, he's talking to his teacher. So for this episode, I'll take the role of John. And Francesca, can you take the role of the teacher? I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> so let's have a listen to our dialogue. Ciao, 
Allora tu sei John e sei qui a Siena per fare un corso di italiano, giusto? Esatto. Ma perché vuoi seguire questo corso? Perché adoro l'italiano e vorrei parlarlo meglio. Buona idea! Da quanto tempo lo studi? Lo studio da molti anni ormai. Parlavo italiano da piccolo in famiglia e poi ho continuato a studiarlo all'università. Quale università hai frequentato? L'Università di Glasgow. Ma dai, non ci credo! Che coincidenza! Perché? La conosci? Sì, la conosco benissimo. Vivevo a Glasgow quando ero giovane. Allora capisci l'accento scozzese? Eh sì, lo capisco abbastanza bene. È un accento così simpatico. Ma dimmi, sono curiosa, vendono ancora le patatine fritte nei negozietti in città? Ovviamente, le vendono ovunque. Noi scozzesi le adoriamo. (ride) Lo so, anch'io le adoro e le mangiavo sempre con i miei amici di Glasgow. Ah, e li senti ancora? Sì, li sento di solito per Natale e spero di rivederli ad agosto perché voglio andare al festival di Edimburgo. Ah, ma io abito ad Edimburgo. Se vuoi, posso venire a prenderti all'aeroporto e portarti in hotel. Che gentile! Ma vengo con due amiche. Non è un problema. Ho una macchina grande e sarà un piacere accompagnarvi tutte e tre in hotel. Non ho parole, grazie. Senti, posso offrirti un caffè? No, grazie. Non lo bevo mai perché è troppo forte per me. Allora, andiamo a mangiare qualcosa più tardi. Ti piace la pizza? Sì, la adoro. Mio marito viene a prendermi qui alle sette. Puoi venire con noi oppure ti aspettiamo in pizzeria? Se per voi va bene, vi aspetto in pizzeria. Benissimo, ci vediamo alla pizzeria da Michele in via Garibaldi. Benissimo, ok. That was our conversation. Now, uh, we are not going to go through it in detail in this episode, but we will be doing this in our bonus episode. And we'll tell you a little more about that at the end of this podcast. However, Francesca, can you explain a little about what we have heard? Uh, Give us a summary, if you like, of the, the conversation. Okay, so uh, John is a Scottish student of Italian who is in Siena to improve his language skills. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's having a conversation with his Italian teacher who turns out to have lived uh, in Glasgow in the past. It sounds familiar. Yeah, it does a little bit, yeah. (laughs) And uh, they talk about the city, the Scottish accent, uh, her Scottish friends, uh, with whom she's still in touch. Mm -hmm. And uh, she also asked John if they are still selling the chips. <laughs> she, <laughs> she so much uh, liked the patatine. So chips or, or, or fries, I guess, if, if our ah, American si. listeners are listening. <laughs> okay. And the teacher also says uh, that she's planning to go to the famous um, Edinburgh Festival in the summer mm-hmm. with two friends. Uh, And John, who happens to uh, be living in Edinburgh, has a big car and he offers to to pick the teacher and the two friends up at the airport and take them to the hotel. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
And so the teacher obviously would like to thank John and she invites him for, for a coffee. But unfortunately, it doesn't like it because it's too strong. Okay. <laughs> uh, so she suggests that um, he joins her and her husband for a pizza in the evening. And uh, John agrees and uh, they will meet in the pizzeria da Michele later on in the evening. Okay, so that is a summary of the conversation. And as I said, we'll be going through this in greater detail in our bonus episode. And that is almost it for this episode. Sì, forse c'è ancora una cosina, Mark. Okay, cos'è ancora una cosina? I've decided for this new series just to add uh, an extra something to, to sound uh, more Italian, something similar to la ciliegina uh, sulla torta that we're doing in the, in the magazine. Perfetto. Okay, so what, what do you have for us today? Uh, well, for today, because I'm really excited to be back and recording uh, season three, I've chosen an idiomatic expression uh, which you can use when you're really, really happy. Okay, and that would be? Felice come una Pasqua. Right, so you're as happy as an Easter? Sì, sì. <laughs> Sono felice come una Pasqua. Perfetto. I think in English we can say um, to be as happy as Larry. Sì, sì, esatto. Un po' strano anche questo. I've always wondered who Larry is, but perhaps Larry likes Easter, to celebrate Easter as well. Who knows? <laughs> so, sono felice come una Pasqua. And each episode of uh, Coffee Break Italian will include ancora una cosina. And sì. that way you'll be able to pick up some more expressions that will help you sound that bit more Italian. Allora, Francesca, adesso è tutto per oggi, non è vero? Sì, direi di sì, abbiamo finito per oggi. Make sure you listen to this episode more than once if you have to. Sì, lo dovete ascoltare con molta attenzione. Lo dovete ascoltare. So we're talking about uh, episodio, un episodio. So it's a masculine noun and therefore you say lo dovete ascoltare and we've got a modal verb in there as well. Fantastic. Sì. Cosa possiamo fare per, per consolidare questa regola grammaticale, Francesca? Beh, direi che semplicemente i nostri ascoltatori la devono utilizzare il più possibile quando parlano e quando scrivono. Ma non dimenticate anche le parole nuove, ovviamente, che avete, che avete imparato oggi. Sì, certo. E Mark, che cosa possono fare gli ascoltatori per memorizzare tutte queste parole nuove? Direi che le devono ripetere ad alta voce. O anche scriverle nel loro WeJotter, forse. Wow! I'm really proud of you, Mark. I think I've heard the two direct object pronouns there. Le devono ripetere e devono scriverle. Bravissimo, Mark. Perfetto. Okay, that really is it for this episode. We are delighted to be back with season three of Coffee Break Italian. And we hope that you are as, are as excited as we are to be listening to this new content. Now, if you would like to access the bonus materials, you can find them at the Coffee Break Academy. Simply head to coffeebreakitalian.com and follow the links there for season three. You can access the bonus episode in which we explain everything in the conversation and also our translation challenge. For now, grazie molte e arrivederci! Grazie a tutti, a presto, ciao!
You have been listening to a Coffee Break Languages production for the Radiolingua Network. Copyright 2021 Radiolingua Limited. Recording copyright 2021 Radiolingua Limited. All rights reserved. <laughs>